Praise the Lord. Amen. Rain or shine, we will worship the Lord. Amen. That's a new verse, by the way. <laughs> Rain or shine, I'm so happy and excited to see a lot of young faces that regardless of the rain or the weather, we're here together to worship the Lord. Okay, so before we start, I would like uh, to begin with prayer and maybe I can ask Nathan if you can lead us all in prayer for this time, okay? Lord, thank you for uh, gathering us here today in your name. Thank you that we can just worship you and praise you this morning. Lord, in uh, rain or sunshine, we will praise your name. Yes. Lord, bless the speaking this morning and just uh, soften all our hearts to the words that you speak to us. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, the second thing I would like to ask is uh, for the sake of our focusing on the Lord and the opening of his heart, we can put our cell phones on silent mode or airplane mode, okay? And let us give our full attention to what the Lord has to say to us this morning. My desire is that we will see the Lord more clearly, we will love him more dearly, and follow him more closely, okay? So this is my real desire this morning. And I do believe that the Lord, if we open our hearts to Him, He will unveil something of Himself and of His purpose to us. So this morning I would like to sp uh, speak with you about something I entitled in the next slide, Gleanings from Genesis. Mali, uh, Malik, what is gleanings? Why gleanings? Um, a gleaning is just like small... Maybe you can stand up and tell them. Yeah, go ahead. Amen. Um, gleaning is just when you get... It's kind of like skimming or scanning. You just get a small portion exactly. of the entirety of what's there. Very good. That's good. That's good, Malik. Thank you. So, there is a lot to cover. In the first two chapters of Genesis, actually, you know, one time... A few years ago, we, a group of us spent a whole semester just in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Just for you to realize all the things that are there. It's unbelievable. And that's why I call this next 30 minutes or so, gleanings from Genesis. Okay? We're just getting a few things, but... Although they are gleanings, I feel this is one of the most crucial things in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Okay? So, the first thing I would like to do with you, my dear brothers and sisters, is um, spend a couple of minutes uh, talking about what is the Bible. And what is the primary revelation of the Bible? So in the next slide, we see that the Bible is a book of life. I want you to see this and remember this. Of course, throughout the centuries, a number of people have come to the Bible and have some realization, for instance, that 
The Bible reveals the moral commandments of a holy and righteous God, and therefore, to them, the Bible is a book of morality. Others have seen that the Bible reveals to us the divine truths, because through various authors, God speaks to us the divine truths, the truths of God. So, in that sense, the Bible is a book of truth. Then others have also seen that the Bible testifies about Christ. This is a big improvement. But in our reading and studying of the Bible, we have to take a step further and realize that the primary revelation of what the Bible is, that this book is a book of life. And in the next slide, we can see a couple of verses. In John 6, 63, maybe you can all read that. Go. The words which I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. The words that he speaks to us are life. So when we come to the Bible, we have to come with the intention to receive God's life. And who is this life? Well, this life is not a thing. Actually, the New Testament reveals to us that this life is a person, is the wonderful and all-inclusive Christ. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the reality, or the truth, and the life. So we have to see, and especially in my heart are all of you young brothers and sisters. A number of you are freshmen, right, or upper class, but we have to see that to us, the Bible is a book that reveals Christ as life for us to experience, so that we may be one with God, and in this way, we will be able to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. That's the Bible, okay? So, um, how about we go with the next slide, and this brings us to the main point I want to share with you this morning. These will come from Genesis chapters 1 and 2. How about we read that together? Go. God's eternal purpose and the way to fulfill it as revealed in Genesis 1 and 2. Okay, I want you to be impressed with this. These two chapters, there, of course, I told you there are many things in these two chapters. Believe me, many things. Deep things. Okay. Well, this Bible, this morning, <clears throat> I want to, for you to go away from this meeting with these two things. Genesis chapter 1 unveils to us what is God's eternal purpose. And Genesis 2 unveils to us the way God takes to fulfill that purpose. So you have the purpose and you have the way. Two wonderful things. Okay? Now, I want to impress you with these two chapters, and in the next slide, we can see that in the whole Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, there are four very precious, unique chapters. 
Why are they unique? Because, you see, the serpent here, the serpent came into mess with God's creation only in Genesis chapter 3. And then, he continues all through the Old Testament and the New Testament until the book of Revelation, chapter 20, which says that the devil was cast into the lake of fire. That's verse 10. So the serpent comes in in chapter 3, and the serpent goes out in chapter 20. That makes the other books, the other chapters, Genesis 1 and 2, and Revelation 21 and 22, crystal clear, unique. You want to know what is in God's heart? I, I will ask you to dive into these four chapters. And you see a number of these older faces like me around, these mentors or staff members, just get with them and tell them, hey, can we talk about these two bookends of the Bible? And you will spend several weeks diving into what is there. I want to impress you. God gave us these four chapters where there is no devil. Okay? You know, the problem with Satan come, coming in here, right, in chapter 3, is that it brings it a lot of noise. Um, I did for a number of years research, and I used a number of analytical methods, all kinds of chromatography and spectrophotometry and all. And in the next slide, I was thinking, this is what happens when Satan comes in. There is a lot of background noise. And that noise, you know, makes things not that clear. You want to find out if that compound is there, you want to know how much of that compound is there, you want to identify what is in that solution, but with so much background noise, there is no way to, you know, be clear. What's this all about? But praise the Lord for Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22. Amen. Okay? So we have that, and then we go to the next slide. We have God's eternal purpose. Now we come to the first main point, the purpose, as revealed in Genesis chapter 1. Okay? And for that, we have verse 26. If you have not memorized this verse, this is a good verse to memorize. Genesis 1.26. A lot of things in this verse. Even, even the Trinity is revealed there by the words, and God said, let us. Even the Trinity is revealed there. Okay, let us. The triune God, the Trinity. Okay. Okay, how about we, you go ahead and read the verse together. Go. <coughs> God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every green thing that creeps upon the earth. Out of this verse, remember, at least for today's sharing, these two words, image and dominion. <clears throat> image uh, is for expression, and dominion is for representation. In other words, God wants, His purpose is to be expressed and to be represented. 
And he chose man to do this. You were created by God to express him and to represent him. To exercise his authority and his dominion, or if I may use the New Testament term, his kingdom over the enemy. You were created for this. You know, I spent many years in school. I got my PhD in computational chemistry. I loved that. I was passionate about this. But you know what? I was not made for this. I was not created for this. I was created to express God and to represent God. Of course, on the side, I had my PhD, and I enjoyed doing all those computational chemistry. Every day, I was playing um, computer games, serious computer games, with supercomputers to simulate all these marvelous things. But I was created to express God and to represent God. Now, tell your neighbor, you were created to express God and to represent God. Go and tell him. Okay, never forget that. Don't forget that. All the noise, as I show you, will come and blur things and confuse you. And, but we were created to express God and to represent God. Okay? Now, there is a very famous verse. And as a matter of fact, is a suggested verse today. To pray over. If you check your, those of you who have downloaded the reading schedule from CSOC, and later on Kyle is going to help us. If you open that, you will see that a verse that was suggested for us to pray this morning was Matthew 6:33. Now this is a very well-known verse by many Christians. Okay, so who can who can recite it or tell it to us? Matthew 6.33. Who? Yes, I want to see your hands. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Jason. Uh, uh, stand up and laugh. Go ahead. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's right. Thank you. Go, J-Rod. Yes. <laughs> now, what is the context? The context is this. He says, don't be like the Gentiles, the unbelievers. They are running at and they are wondering, what shall we eat? What shall we eat? What should we uh, clothe with, be clothed with? He says, all these things the Gentiles are anxiously seeking, but you, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I want to take just a moment to help you, my brothers and sisters, don't let the noisy one confuse you. He has come in and changed everything and caused men to live for those things, to give you life for that. Man lives for what he will eat, what he will drink, and all the other things, what he will drive and dress, all other things. But God says, no, no, no. All those things are for you. I will add them to you. You are for me. You are for my purpose. That's the correct order. Okay? So, what does it mean, Jason, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? 
Could you believe what is going to be shown to you in the next slide? What is the intrinsic significance of Matthew 6.33? Could you believe that the first book of the New Testament is bringing us back to the first book of the Old Testament? Seek first his kingdom, right? That equals dominion. And seek first his righteousness, righteousness being one of God's attributes that is expressed, is related to image. So to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness is to be a young person who cares for God's eternal purpose. A person who goes back to the beginning. What does it mean? Goes back to God's purpose, which is to be expressed and to be represented. And God says, if you as a young person see this and endeavor to go back to my original intention, I will add everything you need. Don't worry about those things. Let the Gentiles run anxiously after them. I will add them to you. This is the intrinsic significance of Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom, that is dominion. Seek first his righteousness, that is his image. Be a person who both personally and corporately or collectively, you are on this earth to express God and to represent God. Okay. So next time, in the next slide, somebody asks you about your ID. Now you know what is your real ID. Image and dominion. Right? I have my ID here with me. Actually, I was, I was in a bring, I forgot to bring my, imagine, 30 years ago, UT ID from Jose Luis. I forgot to bring it. I would like to show you, but this is my ID. Next time you pull your ID, remember, image and dominion. I'm on this earth to fulfill God's purpose, to be expressed and to be represented. Okay? Now, next slide, <clears throat> we will see, I'm still in the matter of purpose, okay? For his purpose, for the fulfillment of his purpose, God entrusted you and me with the greatest ability. And what is that greatest ability? Is the ability to pass on life onto somebody else. Human life, but especially the divine life. You are entrusted with such an ability. How do we know this? These are the first words being pressed. Don't forget. The first words that God spoke to created man. After he's created, God comes in. And he sees these are his first words. How about we read them together? Genesis 1.28. Go. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. That's the entrusting. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. This is the ability to pass on Christ to somebody else. And in college, you have probably the best opportunity of your whole life to experience this. The Christ that you receive, the Christ that you enjoy, eventually God wants that Christ to be passed on to somebody else. 
And I hope all of you in this room have this experience. You have this experience while you're in college, so that when you graduate, somebody else follows the same steps as you did in your four years in college. Okay, ask the Lord. Open the door. Give me the opportunity to share Christ, the very Christ that I enjoy, with somebody else. That's why you have many classmates and friends. Eventually, if you pray this way, God will give you that opportunity to share this Christ with somebody else so that, look at the next verse, Numbers 14, 21. Go ahead and read it. Go. That's what he wants. That's why he gave you that ability. Because he wants the whole earth, right, to be filled, not just with human beings, but with his expression, his glory. Humanly, it worked. Out of two, we got seven billion. It works. But he wants not just human beings, he wants his expression. This Christ received and enjoyed and expressed so many on the entire world. Okay? Now, let us go to the next one. And now we come to the way, God's way to fulfill his purpose as revealed in Genesis chapter 2. Okay? So how about we read Genesis 2-9 all together? Go. In the, in the book of Genesis, chapters 1 and 2, there are various kinds of lives. From the lowest ones to the highest ones. You have the plant life, grass, herb trees, fruit trees. Then you have the fish, the birds, you have the cattle, and then you have human life. Okay, in, in Genesis chapter 6. But in Genesis chapter 1, but in Genesis chapter 2, we have the highest life. And that is the divine life represented by the tree of life. This is God's way. This is how he accomplishes his purpose. He wants to be life to us. And whenever a person approaches God, it's very interesting in the whole Bible and in the New Testament. Have you noticed God presents himself to man in the form of food or drink to be partaken of. This is a key concept in the whole Bible. That God wants to be partaken of by us. That's why he speaks of himself as food, like the bread of life, as water, like the river of water of life, because that is the way he takes. It's not by man's effort, it's not by man's work, is by simply eating, in this case, the tree of life. Life is the way he takes. Not our religion or human efforts is the way of life. We have to partake of this life. We have to enjoy this life. And in the New Testament, it's the same. Now you know, based on that verse, why Jesus came. If somebody asks you, why did Jesus come? Now you have the answer. I have come that they may have life and may have it abundantly. That's why he came. 
right? And then in John 5.12, first John 5.12, he who has the Son has the life. This life is actually, as I said, a person. Is the Son, is Jesus Christ himself in an edible form for us to enjoy and partake. What God needs today is a lot of young people on this campus who don't have mainly a religious seal, but who are enjoyers, partakers of all that Christ is to us. Everything we need, he is to us. He just needs some who see this and give themselves to partake of him and enjoy him. Okay? Then, in the last one I have here, I think it's, oh no, this is a summary of God's eternal purpose in Genesis 1 and 2. How about we all read that together? Go. God's eternal purpose is to have a group of people created in his image and entrusted with his dominion to be filled with him and his life, to express him and represent him. I hope you memorize that. Because that's God's eternal purpose as revealed in these two crystal clear chapters where there is no noise created by the devil. He wants a group of people, right? And this group of people were created in his image and entrusted with his dominion so that they together can express God and represent him. And for that, they need to be filled with God himself as life. If we do that, then God attains or gets his purpose. And in the, la in the next and last slide, I wanted to show you that this is so much in God's heart that he was willing, happily willing, he was determined to take that universal trip to fulfill his eternal purpose. So the infinite God, right there, became a finite man. He stepped out of eternity into time. And he became this wonderful person, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect human life for about three, 33 and a half years. And because of our sins, and to solve our problem before God, he died on the cross, shedding his blood for our redemption. He was buried, but then after three days, he was resurrected. And in resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. So available. This is his job, life-giving. He wants to give life. That's God's way to fulfill his purpose. So after he was enthroned, now he's ready to dispense himself or to impart himself into man. So that the process of Christ growing in man's heart and eventually expressing God and representing God will be fulfilled. This is, this is the story of today. So maybe I can uh, finish with a prayer. And uh, if, you, if you, any one of you, have not yet received this Christ, or if you have a friend or a classmate who you know he needs or she needs to receive Christ, maybe you can lead that person, right? 
to receive this wonderful Christ as life for that person to experience. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for your speaking to us, for unveiling your heart to us. What so wonderful to know that you are a God of purpose. Lord, that you want to be expressed and represented. Now we pray, Lord, make us a people that seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. A people who care for your original intention. And Lord, we pray that through us, you may lead others to know you as a real life and as the meaning of their human life. Thank you, Lord, and we pray that you will fulfill this in us and will make us such a group of people for your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, I think I did my job in 30 minutes, finish this. Um, now we would like to open uh, this time for you to respond, not to what I spoke, but really to what God unveiled to us. Uh, in this short time, I believe there is something in your heart uh, to respond. So, how about we just have a few minutes and you just, wherever you are, stand up and share with us if the Lord touched you with something. Okay? Good.